Today on Follow Friday, we're going to talk about celebrity gossip, Hogwarts houses, AOL Instant Messenger, Bridgerton, Cicadas, Aliens, Jim Gaffigan, Survivor, and Breaking the Fourth Wall. That's in a minute with Dave Jorgensen from The Washington Post. But first, I want to thank John and Justin from Transistor.fm for backing Follow Friday on Patreon. Transistor is an independent podcast hosting company with a simple modern interface for uploading audio, distributing your podcast, and viewing analytics. You can make as many podcasts as you want on Transistor for no extra cost, and you can invite other people to access the show settings to upload episodes, view analytics, and more. Check them out at Transistor.fm. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet of folks you should know. Let's have a soiree. Well, that's enough for a place. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to creative people about who they follow and why. This is a guided tour to the best people on the internet, led by your favorite writers, podcasters, comedians, and more. You can support the show and get bonus episodes for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash followfriday. Today on the show is Dave Jorgensen, also known as the Washington Post TikTok guy. Since 2019, he's made hundreds of videos for the app and attracted more than a million followers. And earlier this year, he released a book about his creative process called Make a TikTok Every Day. You can find the Washington Post on TikTok at Washington Post and Dave on Twitter at Dave Jorgensen. Jorgensen is spelled J-O-R-G-E-N-S-O-N. Dave, welcome to Follow Friday. Hey, Eric, thanks for having me. You got my name all right. People usually try to go S-E-N at the end, so you got it all figured out. I appreciate it. Oh, I, I mean, I mistyped it enough times that, you know, while writing the script. <laughs> yeah, that's why I started defaulting to Washington Post TikTok guy. Yeah, exactly. Much, much easier to remember. Well, a few days before we uh, recorded this, you posted a TikTok about how to take an at-home COVID test, and in the video, you tested positive for, for COVID. Yes. Uh, you're fully vaccinated, but how are you feeling? I feel great. The video, so we shot that, uh, I, I say. I sometimes say we, but uh, I'm the only person shooting this in my apartment. My wife is here, but she's not, you know, she's not part of that. I, I just have it on a, basically a, an iPhone on a comically large tripod. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we, I shot that uh, Monday and uh, I tested positive the, the Thursday prior. So really the weekend, I, it was felt like a, a really bad cold, as I, as I said in, in later TikToks after that. And then by Monday, I actually started feeling a lot better and, and it was a breakthrough case, but you know, I definitely think you can thank the vaccine for how basically nothing else happened. I never had a fever. was never coughing. I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And this and this week I got my uh, intern back uh, and that was just by happenstance. But I tried to, I, you know, intentionally incorporate that into the TikTok as if we hired him back because, you know, Dave was, you know, dying. Uh, but it worked out really well that he could he could help uh, pick up the slack this week. And, and so that's been really fun to, to bring him back. We have him for at least a month. So, yeah, it, it all worked out fine. I feel like 100 percent better now this is just a week after testing positive and so uh it's it's all good and, and i was glad i got to use that as an example like hey it sucks if you have a breakthrough but uh it's much better if you're vaccinated and here's a at-home test in case you're you're not sure if it's allergies or not yeah well this week was a little different because sometimes you do tiktoks referencing your personal life but most of the time 
they're inspired by the day's news, right? Like, how does something go from the pages of the Washington Post to a viral TikTok? Like, are you just scanning the headlines first thing in the morning and writing down ideas? What is your daily process like? Yeah, uh, typically it's it's kind of what you just said. Uh, obviously, this was an exception where I, I got COVID, but I thought, you know, I, I, I thought about it over the weekend while, you know, half awake on the couch watching an entire season of The Amazing Race. And I thought, you know, I probably <laughs> should just uh, actually tell people this happened because it'll be a really healthy uh, way to say, hey, you can get COVID if you have a vaccine, but it's okay. And here's what you have to do. And so that was a kind of a one-off example, but generally speaking, it's, it's either popular news events or something that I find is something that people aren't understanding or fully uh, need a better explainer that's happening in the news. Uh, So yeah, we, we kind of start the morning at 9am or earlier. I'm looking at the five most popular stories of the Washington Post. And I try to see if a couple of those could fit into the two TikToks we're going to make that day. And I'm also scrolling TikTok and seeing if there's some new trends or something that are new sound or funny audio that we could incorporate directly into one of those new stories. Um, And if not, we just make a sort of sketch based TikTok that's totally original. But uh, it's really fun to uh, see what works every day. And every day really is a new (laughs) a new day. And you could go from two TikToks that just kind of totally did not do well. And then the next day you have one with a million views. You're like, okay, great. Uh, so it's it's kind of nice that every day uh, I get a, I get a quick refresh. Yeah, you've been doing these at home since lockdown started since March 2020. So you have this impressive, you, you post these on Twitter as well, which is how I first started following you. And you have this incredibly long thread of TikTok videos you've been making at home <laughs> yeah. since, since quarantine started. It's, I'm, I'm amazed uh-huh. at your creativity. There's just so, so, so many, so many wild ideas in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, I, I have this like fear every time I add to the thread that I'm going to accidentally delete one of the, the threads and break it. I, it. I don't know how I would do that. It would be a complete like weird freak accident. But I'm just so afraid I'm going to break that thread somehow that I already have in the back of my head. Like I know someone at Twitter. I could contact them and make sure I get it recovered if that happens. Like that's all <laughs> in my head. But anyway, uh, I'm very uh, I'm very happy that that thread is, you know, I, I had the foresight to start it on March 11th when this all happened when I thought it was going to be a three week long thread. And, you know, now we just were told yesterday that we're not coming back to the office for the Washington Post is not until January, at least. So that thread's going to reach at least 900. Wow. Might get over a thousand. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it's it's weird. I have two minds about it. Obviously, I don't want to be locked out. I don't want there to be a pandemic. But there's a part of me who's like, wow, a thousand would be cool. But, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want that. <laughs> the monkey's paw just curled. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay, let's find out who Dave Jorkinson follows online. You can follow along with us today. Every person he recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. It's Follow Friday. Dave, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me four people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, someone super talented who's still under the radar. And you said Teffy Pessoa, who's on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Hello Teffy. And that's spelled Hello T-E-F-I. I especially like Teffy's Twitter bio, where she lists her interests as pop culture, astrology, self-love, and how much we hate your ex. So <laughs> explain what Teffy does and why you like her videos. Uh, you know, I was I was introduced to Teffy uh, via my wife because she was watching her on when she had a YouTube show, which I think is sort of on pause at the moment. And uh, and I, you know, my wife watches all kinds of YouTube creators and stuff that I don't even I, I, I spend about two minutes on YouTube a week, if that uh, unless it's like a John Oliver clip or something. So I, I have no I'm not really in that world, but she has 
she, she was watching all this and then that one kind of caught my I was listening like oh that's she's pretty funny and then I ended up like watching it religiously and it's like sometimes half hour shows and then you know those stopped for a while then I, I noticed she got on TikTok and it was the perfect it was a seamless transition TikTok fits perfectly what she does which is essentially like really in-depth gossip on any celebrity or any celebrity couple I'm having a mental breakdown I was like, okay, I want to talk about how Paris Hilton allegedly dated Benji Madden. And what, okay, if you are into pop culture, you know how that's fucking weird, okay, with Nicole and Joel. And anyway, I was looking at people that Paris Hilton has dated, has dated, and I put myself in a internet hole. And there are so many people that I did not know. She allegedly, allegedly dated. And Paris, if you see this, more power to you. Get it how you can while you can. As I'm saying that, I, I recognize there are people like me who are like, I don't care about that. I don't care about it either, but it's just the way she describes it. The way she goes in depth on these is so funny. It's just that funny friend you have at a bar. That's what it feels like. And so she's just she's just so charismatic in that way and so engaging and she's really responsive and, and fun. So it, you, I think there's something about uh, what I like about TikTok, which she definitely has as well, is she just feels very authentic. So that, that's one of my favorite uh, follows in general on basically every app at this point. Yeah, I, I watched one of hers, her recent TikTok videos, where it's her reacting to the rumor that David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston are dating in real life. And she's on the verge of tears, just processing <laughs> the, the possibility that that might it's be happening. so funny. Yeah, and it's just a window into, again, a world that I'm not always in, but like, I love, I don't know, her passion. It's just, you just feel it and it's funny and she just, and you can tell that she's ad-libbing every other sentence and that just adds a lot to it. It's fun. Yeah, and then recently it looks like she's been doing a lot of like pop culture histories, like yes. celebrities <laughs> who've been feuding or her most recent one is about Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Um, I don't know. Have you really gotten into any of those and any any highlights from, from what she's uh, been posting recently that you like? Yeah, I think the the best ones is when she's she's clearly uh, she'll like be reacting to someone uh, having commented. So she'll do like the reply comment TikTok, which is basically you just you see. And so like I think someone had done asked about Jennifer and Ben Affleck, and it was just so the way she went into it, like she was telling you, I don't know, like a much more something that was not that this isn't important to some people, but like it was the most like you know seventeen seventy six. Like she was just going like at this piece of history, and it was like a five part TikTok and each of them were three minutes long and I like drank all that up. I thought it was so funny because she was just so excited about it. And I, I you know, I, I keep talking about it, but like once you see it, you get it. She's there's a, the excitement is palpable. So now I, I should ask, are you and your wife, are you into as as into astrology as as Teffy is? Not at all. In fact, I like, you know, I I, I try to be very kind about it, uh, but I, I don't I don't really believe in it. Uh, but I I just I like how she talks about it. And that's just some, that's my middle ground is like, you know, you can have your own astrology world and that's great. And I don't necessarily subscribe to it. But the way she talks about it is so interesting to me and, and so fun. Yeah, she she started off the the Princess Die like series of TikToks that she made by saying, "Okay, I'm going to start by talking about their signs. If you don't believe in astrology, that's fine. You don't believe in science, exactly. whatever." Yeah. <laughs> she, yes. She's very out and proud about it all. It's so good. She'll always do that where she like sort of backhand like compliments or whatever. Like she just kind of throws it at you like as if, "Okay, you're wrong, but it's fine. You sweet little yeah. you know uh, <laughs> child." Uh, and I, I I do love that. And like I I think there's something about that where the way she does it. And, and probably a lot of people talk about astrology. It's the same way that like growing up, I would talk about Hogwarts houses or something and apply people yeah. to those. So like I get the sort of excitement and like how it's 
all connected. That That's fun. And I think she does that in a very engaging way. There's often these people trying to make like generation warfare happen where it's like Gen Z is dissing millennials for always talking about their Hogwarts houses. But I'm like, A, that's hilarious. Right. And B, yeah, we do that. We really did that a lot. So yeah. that's fair. <laughs> yeah. And like, again, my view of astrology is like, I don't necessarily believe it, but I, I like that it helps you identify who you are, maybe. And I think that's what Hogwarts houses did for me. That's my version of astrology it was like, oh, well. I used to think I was a Gryffindor, but I realized I'm a Hufflepuff because I'm not like anyone else and you can't put me in a box. Like I had that whole, the way I'm talking about it sounds exactly like how I think other people talk about astrology. I think all people trend towards Hufflepuff as they get older. They just realize like, hey, maybe being yes. brave or clever isn't actually the, the most important thing. Maybe being kind is fine. <laughs> That's exactly right. When I was 10, I was like, I'm brave like Harry. And then I was like, it doesn't really matter. Like there's other things I, <laughs> I <Yeah>. value more. <laughs> well, that was that was Teffy Pessoa. He was on TikTok at Hello Teffy. It's Final Friday. Dave, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone who makes you laugh, and you said Alexandra Petri, a former guest on this very podcast and your colleague at The Washington Post. She's on Twitter at Petri Dishes, which is spelled like Petri Dishes, P-E-T-R-I Dishes. You and I are very much in agreement here. Alexandra is a humor columnist, one of my favorite writers. Talk about why she makes you laugh. Every column she ever writes, like anything that she puts out there, I like the tweet before I even read it because I just see the headline and I already recognize I'm going to be laughing. And then I read it and I'm glad that I liked it and then I retweet it. So it's just like everything she puts out there. I, I, I'll i tell you a quick story. So I, I guess it would be about almost five years ago, about four years ago now, I was making a separate video at The Post. This is before TikTok. And it was a video about, uh, at, the, at the time, AOL Instant Messenger was about to be off the internet forever. And so I put out this call to the newsroom. I said, anyone want to talk about your experiences with the AOL Instant Messenger? And uh, this is the first time I ever interacted with her. And she's like, oh, I'll come do it. And she talked for like an hour. And it was the funniest. I had to make it into a three-minute video. And I was like, I had to cut so much. Like everything that she said, it was it had a four-minute side story. So I had to cut most of what she said. And now I, I'm thinking to myself, as I say to him now, like, I should just put out the whole hour somewhere. Please because do. Yes. It was so funny. She, Yeah. The backstory, if you ever have in the podcast again, I, I don't know if you have guests a second time. But just ask her about what she would do and how she would pretend to she would pretend to be historic figures on like and create fake Instagram or oh my uh, God. IMs and message people in character as these very specific <laughs> and as like a 12 year old she had and she has and you know she's very smart and she has all, so much even more now than probably when she was 12 just knowledge of this these characters or real people rather in historical events and I would send them like, hey, do you think this picture is like attractive and it would turn out to be like a Civil War dude? And she'd be like, I think it's pretty hot. And I'd be like, that's Corporal Pelham. It's it's just so good. And she's just she can go on tangents and be really funny. She's just one of those people. And, and I think a lot of that intelligence also just kind of radiates through all of her columns. I mean, it is satire most of the time and it's just really cutting satire. Um, so on top of her just being funny, it's actually very effective as well. First of all, yes, please absolutely do release the full uh, hour okay. long. Re- release the Jorgensen cut of, of, of this video. <laughs> right. But <laughs> um, OK, so, so, so you worked together when she came in, talked about AIM and about playing historical figures. Have you ever worked together since then? Have you done anything else uh, together for, for TikTok or otherwise? 
She's been in a handful of TikToks. Um, a lot of people have already guessed this, but the Netflix show Bridgerton came out. I don't know. That was a, I don't know a year ago. I have no concept of time anymore. Whenever that came out, uh, there's this character in that show, Lady Whistledown, and uh, I was like, oh, we got to have a our own version of that of someone who's a ghostwriter or whatever. And so uh, she's been doing the the vocals for Lady Whistle Talk. Um, she hasn't yet been revealed, but a lot of people have figured out it's her. On a day unlike any other in Washington, District of Columbia, the newly elected president and vice president were sworn in. President Biden immediately signed 17 executive orders, including a new approach to the ghastly coronavirus. Meanwhile, Lord Dave made more TikToks. I got to pick up that thread again. It's been a few months, but she's so funny as that. So we, we've worked to, and she also had a TikTok. She's been in a few. They all kind of blend together, but there was something Christmas related she was in last December. So you'd have to go back and check. But uh, she's always down to make funny videos. So, yeah, she, it's it's nice that uh, uh, anytime I can borrow her, she's usually pretty game and she just brings everything to it, which is good. <laughs> we, we should probably explain for folks who, who don't know on your TikToks, you have a whole cast of characters in your apartment with you. Yes. Uh, you exp- want to explain Lady Whistle Talk and some some of the others who, who, have, who popped up? <laughs> yeah. So. I, I, you know, sort of tongue in cheek, though, in a way it's true, call it the, the Washington Post TikTok cinematic universe. And basically there's it's it's it existed before the pandemic. But really, as we as uh, we started making TikToks here in my apartment, it became very clear that I needed to create other versions of either myself or objects. Uh, also, it was really fun to do. Like, I shouldn't say it's not like it became very clear. I just thought it made sense. And so I started doing that. And so I have a, a can of spam. Uh, here, OK, here he is. Uh He's hiding behind the green screen, um, Sam, and he's been <laughs> chilling for over a year and a half now. And he has his his friends Pam and uh, someone sent me one Spamantha. I forgot her name already. <laughs> and so you have all these different characters. You have uh, you have Planty, which is just a plant and has eyeballs on it. And then there's Carl the cicada, which is just me in a cockroach outfit, but I pretend it's a cicada <laughs> costume. Carl uh, was was killed was picked up by an eagle. We don't know if he's alive, but it looks like he probably died. We'll see. Maybe in the future we'll see Carl again. Who knows? <laughs> And uh, there's a few other, obviously Chris, uh, my intern, uh, he's Chris the intern and, and uh, he'll, he's, he's back for another month. So there's all these different characters that come in and out. And of course, uh, other Washington Post employees that will appear, uh, sometimes appear in TikToks. Uh, and and actually, again, before the pandemic, we, we had already cameoed at least 100 people on their own individual TikToks. Uh, and so the ones that had reoccurring appearances kind of had running jokes. Everyone thought Gene Park was my boss. He's not, but we just kept that joke alive. And then <laughs> actually during the pandemic for a while, people thought he was my roommate. So we kept that joke alive. <laughs> I don't know why they thought that, but they did. Uh, and so there's just little threads we like to keep, you know, sort of an Easter egg, but thread that uh, if, if you saw the previous one, you recognize, oh, that's referencing the the earlier TikTok. And, and what's, what's the lady with so what's what's the character that, that Alexandra's playing? Lady Whistle Talk, and, and she only uh, exists whenever we uh, we we report on local DC events. So like the inauguration and the inauguration ball, and all those different uh, very sort of DC swampy political uh, events. Whenever I had those news stories, I have her narrate what happened, <laughs> which is fun. Well, so, so she's operating with her, her humor column. She's operating in kind of a similar way to what you're doing with the TikToks, where she's looking at the news and she's finding, like, what's the funny angle on this? Has there ever been a time where 
you know, you've seen one of her columns and it's been like, oh my God, I can't believe she, she beat me to that, that idea or to, I don't know, you really, it just makes you jealous of, of, uh, of how she did things. You know, I'm sure it's happened I, that she's beat me to something. I can't say I'd be jealous because I just respect her so much. If anything, I probably, like, I, I don't know, I can't confirm if I've done this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I've copied an idea she's had before. And I'm sure, like, or like, you know, use the concept that she came up with into a TikTok. Uh, because I also do that with some post articles where someone kind of, like the whole Cicada thing was just born out of like, de- crazy amount of reporting we were doing on brood X cicadas like way too much but I because of that I thought that was hilarious I'm like okay well I'm gonna do cicada TikToks all the time now uh, so it probably has happened I don't get mad about it because if anything I look at it as an opportunity to potentially make a, a TikTok on you know that joke or event exactly well, that was Alexandra Petri, who's on Twitter at Petri Dishes. And you can find her episode of Follow Friday at followfriday.co slash Petri. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Dave Jorgensen. Hey, two quick things before we get back to the interview. Number one, keep an eye on our social media next week. We have a really exciting announcement coming up. I can't tell you about it yet, but really, it's super cool. As always, you can follow us everywhere at Follow Friday Pod, and you can follow me on Twitter at HeyHeyESJ. Number two, I have a favor to ask of you. Please go to followfriday.net slash discover and nominate us for the Discover Pods Awards. When you go to that link, followfriday.net slash discover, you'll be taken to a ballot where you should write in Follow Friday for two of the categories, Best New Slash Debut Podcast of 2021 and Best Interview Style Podcast. You can only submit your nominations once, so go ahead and give some love to your other favorites in the other categories. One more time, that's followfriday.net slash discover. And please nominate Follow Friday for best new slash debut podcast and best interview style podcast. Nominations are open until September 24th, which is very soon. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Dave, let's move on to your next follow. I asked you for someone you followed forever, and you said Nathan W. Pyle, who's on Twitter at Nathan W. Pyle, and on Instagram at Nathan W. Pyle Strange Planet. And Pyle, in all of those, is spelled P-Y-L-E. You said in your email that you've been following Nathan since before Strange Planet, which is his most famous work. Um, To start, maybe we should explain what Strange Planet is. Yeah, he uh, I think he's written two books and he also just puts out individual sketches. So he's a he's a cartoonist and they're usually kind of, I would say, four panel cartoons and pretty much anything he puts out. But especially these Strange Planet ones. And the whole concept is it's just alien cartoons that are doing human things, but they have different names, uh, descriptions for these human things, none of which are coming to mind at the morning at the moment. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's there's it's so good. It's so clever. It's so relatable. Like, I think I don't know anyone that doesn't enjoy it. It's also just really wholesome, which isn't like necessarily something I seek out all the time. But I do like having this sort of very wholesome follow too, and and I just like the world that he lives in. That's so wholesome in that way. And, and uh, I think Two months ago, they announced, two months ago or around that time, they announced that they're doing a TV show based off of this comic strip, Strange Planet, uh, with Dan Harmon producing, which is wild. Uh, and I'm obviously very happy for Nathan, too. And I just think it's, I don't know, I just I, I just, I just love what he does. And I love how the, the way he approaches things, where it really is just very pure of heart, it seems. 
Yeah, Dan Harmon, the creator of Community and Rick and Morty and a bunch of other cool stuff. And you, you were talking about the examples of what a Strange Planet comic looks like. I pulled one up here. Um, it's a bunch of uh, the blue aliens celebrating one of the other ones, and they're saying, this is where the planet was when you emerged. They're throwing confetti in the air, and the, the alien whose birthday it is says tiny trash <laughs> um, and uh, they bring out a cake and they say this is on fire <laughs> and the birthday one says I will exhale on it so that's, that's a, you know that's, that's an example of the sort of, the sort of translations that go on there yeah you were following before strange planet what was your introduction to nathan's work he so he for a while there he was i don't, I don't know if he's freelance or he was full but he, he would write uh make a lot of cartoons for buzzfeed and uh so those uh that, that's kind of where i'd found him probably some article or something and and i just thought oh these are really fun and clever and and he has this one strip where it's just two people just complimenting each other and then they just smile at each other at the end and it just makes me happy every time i look at it and i have a screenshot somewhere on my computer where i just send it as it's like my own gif reactive just whenever you like you and your friend are complimenting each other i just send it in it's just two people smiling at each other <laughs> um, and it just it just makes me really happy uh yeah and, and i think he just has really good uh even those had they had that thread or that that similar line of humor that was sort of observational humor which is kind of what he's doing mm-hmm. and as you were describing that last comic it made me realize it's a lot like my other sort of favorite pure wholesome comedian for the most part uh is jim gaffigan and again not that i'm seeking these people out but like you know when i need that like happy time uh he he has like this whole bit about like the christmas tree and and how like people just you know let's bring that outside and let's put those lights or sorry bring the tree inside and put those lights outside he's like it sounds like someone drunk on christmas like came up with how you decorate for <laughs> and i think that's very much like what he does with his comics especially strange planet is just like just put it in a different context which is which is something that i i think probably i do a little bit too with TikToks on occasion. Yeah, your brain has to be wired just a little bit differently to kind of see past the stuff that everyone else exactly. Takes for granted. Yeah, yeah, that we just all accept and don't really think about ever again. <laughs> yeah. Now another example. I mean, now, now that you're talking about the sort of like um, wholesome, you know, PG rated, you know, comedy, um, it's making me thinking we're kind of in a moment for that with like Ted Lasso and and yes. Strange Planet and and all of these. It really seems like we we have there's there's kind of like a um, a reversal of, in my head, you you're, you've been you've been you know active in comedy you know for 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 a while now. So tell me if this is wrong. But in, in my head, I think of like the Obama years as being still very like cynical and dark and ironic. And it seems like you know in the the past five years or so, people have just been like, no, just just give me something nice. I just want to laugh. <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. I think that's what happened too with um you know like not to make this about me but just for my experience when when I started posting the the quarantine TikToks and started that thread on Twitter the first I, I probably like 100 weren't even really news based unless it were to like sort of explain something about that was happening like how to social distance or something they were all very much like Dave's going crazy in his apartment let's all kind of laugh with him and like it, it was but like a very wholesome you know clearly I wasn't going crazy because I was also editing and posting these but right. uh, we're, we're, actually I shouldn't say clearly some people were actually concerned I'm like guys how would I put this together <laughs> so uh, so I think that people were craving that and then Ted Lasso comes out that summer and like it just throughout the rest of last year and even going 
going into this year, it just kept getting more and more traction because I think people just needed that escape and needed that wholesome character. And yeah, I don't think I don't think that's a mistake. I think you're absolutely right. I think there's something, you know, it's very easy to point to 2016 as that sort of like fulcrum point. And, and that might be true. But just in general, it does feel like people are craving a little bit less cynicism when they can get it. Uh, because otherwise you just, it's its very easy to find cynicism. I think it, that's part of it. Like it's sort of switched where it used to be like, you go to Twitter to kind of be like cynical and now it feels like that's everywhere. So maybe we need something more like Ted Lasso. Well, that was Nathan W. Pyle, who's on Twitter at Nathan W. Pyle and on Instagram at Nathan W. Pyle Strange Planet. It's Final Friday. We have time for one more follow today. Dave, I asked you for someone who's an expert in a very specific niche that you love, and you said Rob Sesternino, who's on Twitter and YouTube at Rob Sesternino, and his last name is spelled C-E-S-T-E-R-N-I-N-O. He's the host of a podcast called Rob Has a Podcast, but before he was internet famous, if I have my timeline right, was he a contestant on Survivor? Is that Correct. right? Correct. Yes. In season six, the Amazon in 2003. <laughs> well, I know from following you that Survivor <laughs> is a show you care a lot about. <laughs> Deeply. Too much. Yeah. So I'll try to give you a, a, a brief rundown of, of my obsession with both his yeah, podcast and Survivor. Do. When he was on that show in, in, in uh, 2003, I would have been like 12 and I was obsessed with Survivor. And for the longest time, that was my favorite season. And then like, so uh, for context, they've now done 40 seasons of Survivor. They do oh two a year. They do two a year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. uh, they, they skipped the last year. They, they couldn't. But now they, they just shot two seasons again. And the season 41 premieres this month. Oh. I know. It's wild. So around season 20, he said, I'm going to start doing a podcast. And I was like one of the first listeners back when it was a lot of people had either kind of given up on podcasts there, there was people forget but like 2011 2010 we kind of thought ah this was a fad uh and he really kind of pushed through and he got a lot better at it and eventually it became his actual sole source of income so he basically posts i think at this point he posts a, a podcast every day related to either survivor or reality tv um so there's no shortage of content so i also admire him from a standpoint of just his work ethic is insane last year I don't know, maybe November, he decided to do a rewatch of every Survivor season and had all the fans rank them. And so he's been counting down and now he's at, <laughs> now he's at the number three season of Survivor. It's like, and I don't know how he does it. And he just, and he can talk for six hours about anything. I, I don't envy that. I don't want to be that person. But like, it is wild the commitment he puts in and, the, and what he's built doing that. Now, about my Survivor obsession also kind of runs parallel with this uh, in that I've just always been obsessed. And around that same time he started that podcast, I had applied and I was in college and I was 20 and I got all the way through finals and I was the last on the last cut. Oh so, man. Yeah. I do think in retrospect, you know, it's, you know, it's also, what I tell myself to make myself feel better that <laughs> I was very young. So I could have had any number of moments where, you know, they edit me to look like a complete doofus, which, you know, it's, it's not hard. Um, and <laughs> so uh, they, they might've done me a favor, but even like that just in some ways just made me double down on my fandom. Uh, and I actually put an audition tape just a couple months ago. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. I said to myself, like, it's been a decade. Let's try it one more time. So we'll, we'll <laughs> We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, I just love Survivor. I think you know, this is my last third part of this. And I'm sorry, I'm kind of taking away from the Rob aspect of this, but in his really good podcast. But Survivor and how they edit it and and what it did for reality TV. A lot of the people that were cameramen, especially in the early days of The Office, were former Survivor cameramen because they wanted people huh. that could make it look realistic and knew how to get that shot without getting in the other cameraman's shot. Um, I think a lot of how Survivor edits has been picked up in other reality TV and, and now 
just everything and how people edit. I think a lot of the reason my TikToks are somewhat decent is because of editing more than anything else. So I'm really into the edit aspect of Survivor. And recently, Rob has also become very into that and reading the edit. And and especially when you rewatch a season, can you determine who the winner was based off of the edit in episode one? And wow. I would say with, with the first, in my opinion, the first 27 seasons, you could tell who the winner was in episode one pretty easily. <laughs> It's pretty wild. And, and you've been you've been listening to his podcast for, for so many years now that like you've seen it or you've heard it evolve and heard his interests evolve and heard him kind of go deeper on different aspects of the show. Is, is there something in particular like that? Uh, any other examples of stuff like that where specifically because you listen to Rob has a podcast, it has changed the way you watch reality TV shows like Survivor? Obviously, my interest is in the edit. And like I said, he's gotten more into that. But the one thing that he's been so good at and was good at when he was on the show, because he actually sort of changed the show when he was on, was making it much more about the strategy than the sort of niceness, like, we got to survive together part. Like, he very much was committed to, I'm here to vote people out and, like, socialize and do it in the right way. And this is all strategy. The survivor part is sort of like secondhand we, yeah we'll, we'll survive like they're not gonna let us die so he very much like sort of <laughs> pioneered that like and, and you know some people go survivors fake it's not they lose like 30 pounds but they're not gonna let them die so right. um i think he's very much made me kind of watch the show with uh more of a strategy eye as well which i i don't naturally have uh so it's been that's been part of it too is like i also feel like when i'm listening to his recaps when like the night of an episode airing, he's really good at figuring out what people did and what their motivations were, which is like, for me, really helpful because when I'm playing like chess or katana, I'm not good at that. So that's kind of helped me develop that part of my brain. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, there was a season of The Amazing Race where they had all internet influencers and creators and stuff. So there's a chance maybe they'll do the same thing for Survivor. This this is not for you yet. Um, if If you got selected with your new application to go on the show, what would be your approach your strategy uh to to surviving well so the the way i think about it right now and this could change uh but um there's a guy who's played i think three times which it's funny that it's hard to remember but some of them have played five times which is wild uh not a lot of people but anyway so he's played three times and the third time he played this is a guy who's like kind of based in la and he's actually directed some movies uh, not to be confused with Mike White, who almost won and made the White Lotus. Uh, but anyway, Jonathan Penner is the guy I'm talking about. And the last time he was on, he got into people's heads where he would tell them, like, what's your story? Like, what like what story are you trying to tell? And I think I would develop that further where I would, if I was trying to get someone to do something and trying to motivate them, I would honestly, like, tell them, like, you could be edited to look like a real idiot here. And, like, really try to use what I know about video editing and production to really get in their head and go, like, hey, you already did this. They could just make it look like this was my idea, blah, blah, blah. Like, all these different, that's how I would approach it if they let me. I don't know if they would, but that's <laughs> that's my idea. Yeah. How, how much are you allowed to break the rules or bend the rules of the, of the show? The- yeah. Like, they've only let a character break the fourth wall maybe a handful of times. And it's always a, a person that's come back that, like, the audience clearly loves. They really, I, what I understand, they really get mad when people do that. But I would be constantly Jim Halperting the camera if they let me, for sure. <laughs> I, I remember, so, uh, brief story, which is that the first season of Survivor, when the season finale was airing, my family was on vacation in Hawaii. Uh-huh. And so my parents had reservations at a very nice restaurant, and my sister and I said, no, 
we were getting takeout from Subway, and we want to see the season finale of the, the, this new thing, Survivor. Incredible. I, I should confess that I have not watched any Survivor since then. I just was obsessed with the first season. Right. But, like, I, I think I think there is something magical about sort of, you know, the conceit of the show, of, of, of reality shows like that, where they really, you know... It really does feel, especially if it's, a, if it's a new thing for you, if it's a new show or if it's just a show you really care about, there is something kind of magical about uh, the, that, the style of, of reality TV that I, I remember fondly. Yeah. Yeah. And like especially that first season and, you know, it, it, the game evolves so much. Like I said, it's much more about strategy now and, and like, uh, you know, whether or not someone can fish for food no longer really even makes the cut. Like right. it doesn't <laughs> whatever. But uh, there is still something about the idea that everyone is forming alliances until they have to break them because only one person could win. And I think that that has been that. It just continues up until season 41. But yeah, that, that finale is like the most watched finale for any reality TV show still ever. It's like 60 million people were watching simultaneously, something like that. It's crazy. Yeah. Including you. And meanwhile, my parents had the most peaceful dinner of their lives. <laughs> of yeah. course. Yeah, they were like, great. <laughs> they, were, they were like, Subway. this is great. Eat, eat fresh. Get out of here. <laughs> 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 well, that was Rob Sesternino, who's on Twitter and YouTube at Rob Sesternino. Dave, thank you for sharing these follows with us today. Before we go, let's make sure our listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? Uh, definitely TikTok, uh, at Washington Post, just run together. I also have my own separate, less, uh, I don't, I don't uh, you know, focus on it too much, but I have my own TikTok, at Dave Jorgensen. You can go there. When I do post, I post behind the scenes stuff for TikTok. So that's fun if you if you want to get into that part of it. It's my own, it's my own version of DVD commentary. And I, <laughs> Also, Dave Jorgensen run together on Twitter, and those are those are my two main ones. I just finally made my Instagram public again at uh, Dave Takes Pictures. If you want to follow that as well, cool. Follow me on Twitter at Hey Hey ESJ, and this show on Twitter and Instagram at Follow Friday Pod. And you can find clips from the show at FollowFriday.co/slash/youtube. Our theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday. One more time, don't forget to nominate Follow Friday in the Discover Pods Awards. You can do that at followfriday.net slash discover. That link will take you to the ballot where you should write in Follow Friday in two categories. Best news slash debut podcast of 2021 and best interview style podcast. Check it out when you get a chance. Nominations are only open through September 24th. Thank you.